Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. This is Valerie Warner, and you're listening to Prayer in a Noisy World podcast. I am so excited for you guys to meet my guest today, Heidi Anderson. Heidi, thank you so much for being here today. Oh man, I'm super honored, Val. This is so fun. It's like I've been wanting to catch up with you. So this just feels like a friend chat over yeah. a cup of coffee. Yep, exactly. I love it. Um, and <laughs> we're going to be talking today about anxiety and prayer. And I think this is just one of those topics that everybody, you know, like some topics you're like, I don't know if that applies, but like, I feel like everybody knows that we all have an area that causes anxiety in our life. And, um, what, how does that relate to prayer? So I'm just excited to dive into this. And I have read so many things from you on the subject of anxiety. So I think Mm -hmm. you, um, you're just a great person to talk to, to us about this. So, um, if you would first, I guess, tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's always kind of funny when people ask me what I do because, well, everyone, it seems as if everyone these days is on Instagram, everyone and their mothers, or at least most of their mothers are on social media by this time. But, um, I have started an Instagram account and it started when I just became a stay at home mom and I had millions of pictures of my kids on my camera roll. And it's like, where, where do I put all this? So I created an account called this mother hen where I basically just photo dumped, um, uh, all the pictures of my kids and just shared motherhood updates. And at the time I was writing daily devotionals for my church. Um, and then about, I guess I would say a couple years after I started that Instagram account, they, my church decided to not, um, push out daily devotionals anymore into our community. And so I was a stay at home mom. And at the time I was being fulfilled using my spiritual gifts, just teaching and having that outlet. But then I found myself not having that. And after days and days of just like, (laughs) am all all I'm doing is wiping butts and wiping floors all day. I, I literally can't do this anymore. And I just prayed to God for an outlet. And I thought it would come in another form, um, either another offer from another church or maybe another publication or anything like that. Um, but then I just, I think it was a nudge from the Holy spirit, just saying, just make the shift, just do it, do it yourself. And I realized instead of posting about motherhood updates, my whole world was motherhood. And now I was looking for that outlet. So cold Turkey one day, I just decided to, um, post my daily devotionals on, on Instagram. And it kind of took off from there. And that's been really fun um, to watch God use that in the ways that he has. So yeah, now fast forward today, I'm still a stay-at-home mom. Our two oldest go to school full-time, but I still have our four-year-old Hazel and our eight-month-old Dottie home with me. Um, and yeah, me and my husband, Tyler, we live up in Minnesota and yeah, I'm just kind of taking it day by day, just different when I'm 
yeah, it's been really a fun roller coaster of a ride, but it's definitely hard to juggle some days between motherhood and, and, um, and having a career too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And I was actually thinking, I, I think I noticed that you changed your Instagram handle to your name now. And I was thinking, so yeah, that it's, it's interesting that like official, I don't know how to say like, it's like, you can just tell how like the Lord has, um, has grown that. And I have enjoyed, um, learning so much from you. Um, well, you're so kind. I I remember when I, I love this mother hen, it's such a fun handle. So I have transitioned that to be mainly parenting specific, just how do we teach our kids the Bible in a way they actually understand. Um, My heart really is for women, like people that can actually complete a full sentence without asking like, why is your backside so flabby? Like literally Mabel asked me that last night. I'm like, okay, I need some adult time. So my, my primary like passion is, is to help women just get to know the Bible and our Lord in a language they actually understand and can relate to. So I am coming out with a book next year. And I remember talking to a friend who had kind of a fun handle that wasn't her name too. And, and she said, when her book came out, people were like, who's so-and-so like oh, her real yeah. name, who is that? And so I thought, you know what, now, now with the book coming and I wanted to really let people know whether they're singles or empty nesters that they can relate to. Cause the Bible is for everyone, obviously not just mothers. And so I didn't want people to click over and be like, Oh, this mother hand, I'm not a mom. So I can't relate to this or connect here in this community. So I just, I bit the bullet or bit the, well, how's that idiom go? Bit the, yeah. Yeah, I think the bullet. <laughs> yeah, the bullet and made the transition, and so it's still, um, still kind of funny for me to see Heidi Lee Anderson because it's been it's been a recent shift the last couple of months. But yeah, it, yeah, it's a good good timing, I think, before the book. Okay, so Heidi, I would love to just hear. Let's just start talking about the basics of prayer and like what your prayer routine looks like right now. Well. I'm like, it's funny because as a mom, I would, I think it changes on the daily of what Mm -hmm. my prayer routine is. But, um, I, I I honestly value your, your prayer book has changed my prayer life exponentially and in ways where I can't even describe, but I keep my prayer book on top of my Bible and, um, on top of whatever Bible study I'm doing as well. And once I finish, so every morning, basically once I drop the two oldest and then the younger two are with me, um, that's when I read my Bible, I dive into my Bible study and, I pull out then my prayer journal after that. And I love how it's categorized where some days it's like, oh, I'm going to pray over our nation and what I wrote for our community. And then other days I'm praying over my loves and my family members. And um, that has just really, for someone who has been all over the place in prayer, I set out to pray and my mind will just wander and I'll just totally lose it. And all of a sudden I'm like adding stuff to the grocery cart, do grocery mm-hmm. shop. It's like, wh- where did I just go? <laughs> but I, that has kept me so focused. And I love how at the end of every month you can look at 
how God has moved. And there's an entire page where you write that down. So then month after month, you're seeing how the Lord has moved. And then by the end of the year, I mean, you see how he moved across an entire year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my prayer routine, that has made it something where it's a daily rhythm, whereas before it's just all over the place. And I would say, I mean, still like Deuteronomy talks about where we should be talking about God's commands with our kids on the road and whether we're at home in the morning or night. I mean, that's I, I think of that way with prayer too. So even when I wake up in the morning, I just recently um, heard a, a friend was telling me about when she wakes up, she, instead of asking God to meet her in her day, she's flipped it and asked the Holy Spirit to lead her and that she would have the eyes to see whether that be people she should talk to or just whatever God is moving around, just give her the eyes to see. And so I start off, I've been starting off every morning with that same prayer at going, Holy Spirit, just lead me today. And may I have the eyes to see where you're leading and the courage to walk, walk in that. And so it'll start off in the morning like that. And then, like I said, my Bible study time where I use the prayer book and even just praying with my kids on the drive and in, in, in the um, drop off lane where as they are running out this morning, I yelled, Oscar, Oscar, you know, God is with you, right? And he's like, yeah, mom, love you. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> but um, just finding those moments that I think as a mom, we think we need to actually sit down and have this um, really long time of prayer. And I've just found not only your book that helps me stay focused, but even just throughout the day, one sentence prayers here and there, um, just submitting to the Holy Spirit and having the eyes to see, I really think that that's key. So all in all, that's kind of, yeah, the rhythms that I've had with prayer lately. Yeah. Um, is there, do you, okay. So you use the journals. Do you typically, do you pray out loud ever? Do you, um, like physically, do you ever pray on your knees or different things like that? I know. I mean, that's not something I typically do unless I'm super desperate. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious. I know it's always interesting to hear just the practicalness of it. Like, what does it physically look like to pray? Yeah. You know what? Um, I, I will just be, I pray a lot just in my mind and not necessarily you would see a physical posture, but so even I have a certain spot where I sit down and read my Bible. And so I'll just stay seated in that couch. And oftentimes I just look up in the sky. I just love imagining God almighty, just bigger than even what we can see listening. Um, and so it, it may not even look like prayer, you know, and what you picture with bowing your knees and even closing your eyes. But um, I, it is funny because the other day, I mean, there will be moments where I'll pray out loud, especially because I, w- I want my kids to see that prayer is more than just a dinner, pre-dinner, bless this meal or, or good night. And thank you, God, for this day, you know? And so I've been trying to make efforts to actually vocalize it. Um, because I have a, I have prayer warriors of parents, especially my mom. Um, but it was, you know, prayer is such a personal thing. So it was hard to know what that actually looks like. And I think every year, I mean, I'm, it still is such a foreign language to me. That's why Val, I like love your recent book too, because I think it's such a topic where we as Christians want to talk to God. We, we want to hear from him. There's no one that's a Christian that would say, no, I'm not interested in hearing from God, but it's hard to know what that looks like. And so Mm -hmm. you actually break it down. Um, because I just don't know if that's 
emulated in a lot of areas. Um, but so anyways, I've been trying to say prayers out loud. So even the other day, I was stressed with Dottie crying in her high chair and we were running out the door to pick up and something happened, like there was a spill and something. And I just stopped and I said, out loud, God, I need your help. I literally cannot do this on my own. And it's like almost like my oldest two just stopped and looked at me and I just kept going on like trying to hold it together but crying a little bit and I just remember my son came over and he gave my baby um like her nook and and they started like trying to make her laugh and just doing their part and I told them on the way to pick up I said you know what Oscar you were my answer to prayer I was Aww. needing help I couldn't do it on my own and I was so grateful that you were there and he was just smiling in the back and it's like I don't know it's just I will forever remember that moment because that was really special but I, I think trying to intentionally say prayers out loud is a big deal especially with little ears listening, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that reminder, you know, cause we could pray in front of our kids even, and, or, or like you said, like even growing up, like you knew maybe your parents were prayer warriors, but yeah. maybe didn't get the inside look into all of that always. Right. And then there's even like, okay, well then you could hear prayers, but to know also like on the back end of this is how God answered this prayer. It was through yeah. you, but to follow that up, because I know one thing we always talk about around memory paper is just like, if we want to teach our kids to pray, we have to teach them that God is real. Like if they're yeah. not going to pray, if they don't think he's real. And one of the yeah. ways that he, we know that he's real is to know that he is answering and he is hearing, like there is a conversation happening. So I yeah. think that's just really cool for your son to hear that from you. And a good reminder, I know for me, just to make sure that they're getting to be a part of the yeah. You know, like the way the Bible tells us to tell everyone yeah. when God works in our life, like whatever he has done, shout it from the rooftops. And yes. I don't always include my kids in that. <laughs> yes. No, I know. I don't always either. So it was a good reminder for me, the fact that they were listening and even just feeling like, oh, does it need to be this long prayer? Just a one sentence. Like I said, God, I need your help. I could not do this right now. Maybe two sentences then. <laughs> but yeah. that was that that alleviates the pressure of it being this formal, grandioso thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it shows the, how dependent you are on God. And like, I know I've heard it said, like, you know, we want to be perfect parents, but like if we were perfect and didn't need Jesus, like that yeah. would not be showing yeah, the reality of things to our kids. So well, our sure. struggle is can point them to Jesus. And that's what you did in that moment. So yeah, um, definitely beautiful and encouraging um, for sure. Thanks. Um, okay. So let's talk about anxiety with prayer. Um, I know for many people, prayer is important to them because it's a big way that they respond to having anxiety in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like Pinterest has no shortage of like verses to pray when you have anxiety or, you know, yes. just different things like that. Um, so how has anxiety brought you to prayer? Yeah. So I actually just heard, um, Amy Seifert give, um, a talk on that verse where it's in Philippians worry, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And I, what really stuck home for what really stuck out and brought it home for me was when she was talking about 
the probably the worst thing to hear is don't worry about it because well what are we supposed to do with that but if we replace it with something like an action um then we can do that and she said that's what the bible does it says we don't have to worry about anything but pray about everything and I mean, so that's what we do, right? Whenever a worry creeps in or we camp out too long on what if worst case scenarios, I mean, by being able to turn to God, who we know not only hears us, but to offers us peace, overcoming that worry. I mean, that is, that's a game changer. It's real. Like how he exchanges our worry with his peace. That is a real invitation. And, um, I, I have experienced that more times than I can count where I am stressed and I go upstairs to fold laundry and I crank out worships music and I just try to lay it out. I mean, that it does, there is something where you do just feel lightened when you realize who God is in scope of what you're worrying about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's awesome. Um, is it possible to get more anxious as we pray through anxiety? Um, I know, I know for me sometimes like just that idea of thinking about the things I'm anxious about can make me more anxious. Even if it's, if I think it's in prayer, it might be because I'm not really focusing on, I'm praying, but I'm still thinking about that thing. So yeah, talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah. And I actually have a whole chapter in my book coming out about this, but, but I specifically think of David in the Psalms, but some of the other Psalmist writers too, but we specifically see them laying it all out before God. And they were worried about their enemies. They were worried about a lot of things. Um, and But too often, we will stop there. I think we will short circuit our prayers because all we're focused on is what we're worried about and what we want and the answer to prayer that we're hoping for. And we just Mm -hmm. pray about, pray about. And it's it's almost as if we then close our PowerPoint presentation of prayer requests. And then the next day, we open it right back up again. And we tell God, again, all of what we want and what we're worried about. And then we close it. But that is all we do. But I love the example in the Psalms where it's almost like half the beginning part of their verse is them laying it out before God and they're being honest and they are Mm -hmm. sharing these real things that are really hard and scary. But then what do we see? We see them pivoting and we see them praising God. And there is something to be said where we can, we can, we can make that same choice. We can camp out on our worries over and over and over again, and we will, but then we have a choice from there. Will we stay there and keep our eyes fixated on that? Or will we make the shift and begin praising God? And I, and I also love that it even goes beyond that. Once the psalmist praised God for who he is, they started preaching to their souls. Like mm-hmm. it says, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. And there becomes a point where we have got to stop hashing out 
all of what we're worried about. And we have got to make the pivot to start preaching to our souls. And I am so guilty of this. Even today, I had my annual oncology appointment. And as I'm going in, I'm thinking about what if my blood work comes back and what in it and there's red flags and what if he sends me to follow up and all of this and I had a choice where I could still camp on that and I could let my blood pressure rise and I could just focus on that until he came and gave the report um but I re I remembered that psalm where if we just declare God's truth to our souls I, my husband was writing with me and I and I was talking out loud to him and I said you know what Ty no matter what the doctor says, like the, the Lord is my shepherd. That means he guides me. He leads me. I don't, I don't have to freak out wondering what I should do. What's the next step is, is, is God going to come through for me? Because if I believe he's my good shepherd that will take care of me, then I can move forward no matter, no matter what. And I think when we start preaching to our souls and even declaring it out loud, then faith rises. I mean, we feel the shift in our soul. At least I did. And I, and it, it might be a daily thing. It might be an hourly thing. Sometimes it is second by second moment for by moment for me where I have to do that. But again, we always have the choice. What am I fixating on right now? Am I still focused so much on what I'm worried about? Or have I shifted my eyes back onto the Lord and declared to myself God's truth over my life? Because then no matter what hurls our way, like Jesus facing the cross, I mean, that he was able, if he was able to flip that horrific, terrible thing in a way where we would now celebrate Good Friday as good, mm -hmm. then goodness mm -hmm. gracious, he surely will work all things for our good and his glory. But it matters. Do we believe that or not? Are we focused on a promise, his promises like that or not? So that has really been... Um, what I've had to challenge myself with personally, and that's why that's part of why it's in my book, because it's basically what I need to be told mm -hmm. on the regular. But yeah, no, that's awesome. And this is something that probably kind of goes with that. But um, I've read something that you said, um, while worry comes when we realize we have no control, peace yeah. rushes in the moment we remember the one who is. Yeah. Um, so what is that like when we think about, you know, like, I guess part of what we're saying is that like, when we focus even in prayer on too much on the on the problem, like it's, it's, it's still going to be there just as big, like it's going to be it's going to take putting our eyes on God, what does that look like for just practically in prayer, like, um, you know, we think of adoration, different parts of prayer, like what, what does that look like to um, to walk that out in a actual prayer. Yeah. So uh, I think, um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, if it's like Psalm 81 or which Psalm it is where it starts out, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. Or no, that comes in verse eight. Shoot. I want to pull that up because, yeah, pull it up. because I feel like that Psalm is, that's a prayer that it, I mean, I love that. I love that that's what the Psalms are, where they're almost journal entries of these uh, of these um, people that have gone before us in the faith that we can echo ourselves. 
Okay, so yes, I love, I love that in Psalm forty three where he he begins the first couple verses explaining all about what he's going through. Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. I mean, he's telling him, why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Why have you tossed me aside? Um, but then I, I love how he ends it at the or and then the next he says i will praise you with my harp oh god oh god was psalm 4 or verse 4 and so then he 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 does he lays out all of his worries and anxieties before the lord and then he praises god who is worthy of our praise no matter what we're facing and then he ends it by saying why am i discouraged why is my heart so sad when we could be like oh i mean Go back to verse one. It tells you why you're discouraged and why you're so sad is because you're having all these things hurled against you. But he is saying, why am I so sad when my hope is in God and I can praise him? And I think when we realize that God alone holds the final word over our life, that's how we can end our prayer. We can say, God, this is what I'm facing. It is really scary. I am really anxious about it. But I know who you are. I know you are Lord over my life. And I trust that you hold the final say over my life. And, and that way we can make the pivot ourselves from, from share to laying it all out, to praising God, to preaching to our souls, I think. Yeah, no, that's good. And it reminds me of, and this is like a weird thought, but you know, like I know sometimes like there's things in our life that can make us doubt God's goodness. Like if, if something bad happens to us, we immediately doubt like, well, I don't know if God's good anymore, but whenever I think about like atrocities have been happening, like atrocities are happening right now to somebody in some part of the world. And whenever I remember that, like, okay, so I thought he was good 10 minutes ago when my life was fine. Right. It's always this like wake up call of like how, um, how concentrated my, or like, you know, like yeah. how my, my thoughts are not based on the big picture. So it does help me to get out of that. But anyway, that you were, you were just talking and that came to mind and, um, and I love a hard thought when you are going through something hard, but it is well, a, right. Well, yeah. and I think I really think, and this is actually what my book is all about, is that when we look at Bible hero stories, we know we have the gift of hindsight now. We know how their story ends. But right now, in the middle of our stories, we don't yet have the gift of hindsight. But what do we know? We have the promise of Romans 8, 28, that he will use all things, not some things, not most things. He will use all things. That means everything in our lives. He will use it all for our good and his glory. If we truly believe that, if we believe that he will be faithful to his promises, then in the end, we know it's not only going to be be okay, it's going to be good. That redemption is coming no matter what we face, that he will bring good of it someday. It may, it may not be tomorrow. It may not be in 10 years. It may not be the side of heaven, but we know for sure that God's redemption wins. And in the end, we are called conquerors too Mm, yeah man um yeah it's that's like one of those things where you just you you wish you want to remember that in the times where we just get so that that blind spot or that like the, the struggle is the mountain instead of oh, God. Sure. So, and that's, that's one of the it. reasons why I wrote this book is it's basically the, 
the thing I would have wanted to receive when I was told that I had cancer or when I, when we are going through our miscarriage or even now as I'm facing annual scans, this is a book that reminds us of the promises of God and to hold on to his hope in the middle of our stories, knowing it's going to be good because we have a good God who says his love and goodness follow us all the days of our lives. So it is following us. Goodness will come even if we can't see it today, someday we will. And so, I mean, I totally understand because I, I need that encouragement myself. So I, that's what I'm praying my book does to whoever reads it. Yeah. Oh, no, I think it will. I'm excited for it. Um, okay. So what have been, um, some of the hardest obstacles when it comes to prayer, like whether it's creating consistency or, any big doubts, you know, that, um, that have just created obstacles for you going to God in prayer? Yes. And uh, yes, no. And I, there's a couple, there's one, my, there's two that come to mind. The first is that uh, it can like inconsistency or even being able to pray for uh, like, uh, any extended amount of time. But I, I heard, um, Craig Rochelle give a sermon. I think it was Dr. Carolyn Leaf who talked about the effects of our brain when we pray. And if you pray 12 minutes yep. a day straight, you actually can see that in a scope of time on like a, on a brain scan, you can actually see the implications of that and how it alters your brain. And so God has created us to be in communication with us. And it only betters us, not only our soul, but physically too. And I find that's so remarkable. And so sometimes I have used the shower then to be my point of, of time, because I know for sure I'm going to be in there for more than 10 minutes. And so I use that time a lot to pray, knowing that that's my steady communication time. It's consistent. Um, and it's a good reminder for me. Another friend does it every time she drives along a certain road, either to go to school or work. And it's her reminder, like, this is when I'm going to pray. So, um, that has been a struggle of finding a consistent spot. The second thing is sometimes I can wonder, like, what, what's the point of even praying for this? Or am I begging God to be good to me because he didn't answer it last time. So who's to say he'll answer it this time. And again, this is another chapter in my book to come. And I often think of the early church because they had Peter and James that faced the same thing, but James was executed um, by the yeah. king, whereas Peter was in prison. But do we see any sign of them giving up in prayer or scared that God wasn't going to save Peter? Or, oh, sorry, buddy, but if he didn't say James, like, who's to say he's going to save you? But it says in Acts that they prayed with zeal and they never gave up, even though someone's story was different. And, and we know Peter's story now that God indeed sent an angel to break off his chains and to lead him like a tour guide right out of prison. And, and I, that is such a challenge for me, but 
we cannot let our past discouragements keep us from praying with zeal because the early church never did and we shouldn't either. And those have been probably the two biggest obstacles. But again, if we go back to God's word and see what he has to say, there's only encouragement that our God is good and he will withhold no good thing from us. So if we're praying and we're waiting for something, whether that's like Zachariah and Elizabeth waited decades for a baby or I mean, Abraham and Sarah, same, but his purposes will shine through. We've just got to often hold on until we can see the goodness, the redemption coming, but have faith that he will be good. So, um, yeah, I think never giving up on prayer because we have a God who never gives up on us, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And man, it can be so hard to see that just in our daily life. But, um, so I think many will, um, be able to, I don't know what the word is, but, um, agree or they'll, they'll, they'll hear this and be like, Whoa, okay. That's something I struggle with too. So, um, I love how everybody's answers are so different for that because, but it just shows that like, we all have, you know, we're all going to have struggles with this and, you know, we have an enemy who is just determined to keep us from prayer and he can, um, we posted on Instagram recently, just this quote. And it was basically like, he, we could have godless Bible studies. We could have all these things like the the enemy doesn't care. Like, but if we are inviting the Holy spirit into this, like he is terrified. So, um, he's of course going to try to get us to doubt and even just put stupid things in our path, like our phones and to-do lists and everything, anything that he can use to hold us back. So, um, I just love asking that question. Cause I think everybody can be encouraged by that. Yeah. Um, just know we're not alone in that. Um, oh, for sure. okay. Well, I would love to hear what, in what ways you are still longing to go grow in your prayer life. And this is one of those questions also that I feel like, you know, we have a lot of people on the podcast who, um, others may know from, from books, from just writing about the Christian life. And so often we can feel like everybody has it figured out, but there is so much room for growth in our prayer life. And we are all like on this journey to, um, this conversation. So yeah, I'd love to hear, uh, what you are longing to grow in your prayer life next. Yeah. You know what, this is a funny question because only because, um, I was just talking to my husband about this the other day. I was rehashing some of my um, fears with my upcoming oncology appointment. And he said, you just got to read your own stuff. Like you got to read your own book because you are, you're telling other people to have faith. And here you are like looking at your giants instead of looking at your God. And I told him, that's why I wrote this. <laughs> I wrote this book is because this is what I struggle with. This is a really hard challenge of mine. And it's only because I talk about it because that's what the Lord is teaching me myself. And so he is still teaching me how to pray with faith because I think once being diagnosed with cancer 10 years ago, I can often fear that something bad again is going to happen. That's something tragic. And so praying in, in faith, even when people tell me that they are going through infertility or even a similar diagnosis or, or chronic illness, or sometimes I struggle even praying with faith because I'm not sure, but it, it shouldn't matter if I'm not sure how God is going to answer it. God still asks us to pray in his will 
with his character in mind. And he is a healer. He's a redeemer. He is God who is Lord over all things. And it says, I love in Philippians where it says he, he will provide all that we need out of his glorious riches. And if we believe that he has everything and he won't withhold any good thing, like it says in Psalms, then, then why wouldn't we pray in faith? And so I really, I do struggle with that. And I have to challenge myself, um, that I, I need to come to God in faith, especially while the battle's going on before there's even an answer. There's no need to give up while the battle is still going on. Um, I, I always think of Jesus's two, the two times when Jesus was amazed and one was with the Roman officer when he just said his servant was sick and Jesus, he, he said, okay, I'll come to your house. But the man said, no, just give the word. I believe you'll do it. And then in direct contrast, his hometown, he couldn't do any miracles, even though he was willing. Now his power didn't change from Capernaum to Nazareth, but the people's appreciation and recognition yeah. of his power sure did. And I, and I'm challenged by that because what am I recognizing when I'm praying? What am, am I appreciating about his character, about his goodness? And, and, and in turn, am I praying in faith, knowing who my God is? And, um, yeah, that is a constant, a constant challenge. And that's actually, again, why I wrote my book is because I know that's what God calls us to that our faith pleases him. And so are we praying with faith? Um, I, I constantly need to tell, ask myself that. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I, I, again, I feel like being able to hear somebody put into words, those things I think is just so encouraging because because we all kind of um, have different things like that, that we are also yeah. trying to grow in our prayer life. Right, um, right. Well, man, Heidi, thank you so much for being here. Um, would you tell our listeners about the book, title, everything? I know we've, we've uh, yes. alluded to it a little bit and then yes. where they can find more about you. Yes. So it's called PS. It's going to be good. Um, like I said, the mantra is Romans 8:28, and it's every chapter is a new Bible hero. And we sit in the middle of their Bibles in the middle of their stories. And once we sit in the middle of their stories, we recognize that the same stress overwhelm, discouragement that they felt is also how we feel feel too. And then when we watch God move and we see his character consistently shine through every story, and then we see in the end how P.S. it's going to be good, then we realize how we can hold on in faith in the middle of our stories too. So um, yeah, that is coming out April 2023. Pre-orders begin, I mean, I believe now. So anyone can get it anywhere. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram as Heidi Lee Anderson and this mother hen. And yeah, that's kind of my main spot. I'm on TikTok, but I mean, really, I cannot <laughs> figure that spot out. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not in my twenties. So maybe that's why, but right now it's just Instagram. Yes. No. And you guys check her Instagram out. She is funny too, which I always appreciate. Um, okay, well, that must mean you get my humor. Yes, I'm glad you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm always, I always leave encouraged whenever I see it. Oh, um, good. Thanks, pal. 
Yes. Well, thank you so much again. And would you oh. close us in prayer? And oh, just yes. I'd love to. Thanks for having me, though, Val. Yeah. This was just so fun to connect with you. I absolutely love what you guys are doing and how you guys equip us at Val Marie Paper to to pray and, and show us how, not just tell us what to do, but you lead the way. And I'm, I'm just so grateful again Aww. by your book and your, your prayer journals. They have changed my prayer life in so many ways. I literally can't thank you enough, oh, but I would love you. to pray. Yeah, let's do it. Dear father, thank you so much that you are a good God who loves us and you invite us into a relationship with you through your son, Jesus. I'm so grateful for his sacrifice. Thank you so much that by the resurrection, his death and resurrection, that today we get to live in victory and in peace and in relationship, restored relationship with you. We love you. We know you are a good God and we praise you for what you're doing in our lives today and who you are in our lives today. It's in your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank Thanks you so much, Heidi. Thanks. Bye.